Today is the 19th of September. Now, if we were to go back exactly 18 months, a year and a half, back to the 19th of March 2020, you would have found the church leadership team meeting together at Ebby for an emergency coronavirus meeting. The previous Sunday, 15th of March, we as a church were gathered here as usual at Orchard School. Esther Champion Howard was speaking on that occasion. The very next Sunday, 22nd of March, we had our very first online Sunday service and Steve Allen spoke. And actually, the message originally planned was changed and he spoke about how we might maintain good emotional health during this new experience of lockdown. And I suspect we all remember very well the words of the Prime Minister coming across the radio, the TV screen, when he said, I must give the British people a very simple instruction. You must stay at home. <sighs> the last 18 months have shaken us. They've rocked us, interrupted us, impacted us. And when I say us, I mean every single one of us. The communities where we live and work, our city, our nation, the world. The world has been shaken. Now, when you get hold of something and give it a good shake... What happens? Well, just a brief video. Here's one thing that happens when you give something a good shake. Apparently that's how you harvest oranges in Valencia, right along the street. But hey, <laughs> whatever is loose is going to drop to the ground. Whatever is weak is going to break off. Whatever is not strongly connected or deeply rooted is going to simply fall away. Now, the Bible book of Hebrews explains that what can be shaken will be removed so that what remains cannot be shaken. And the author of that Bible book makes this wonderful statement, which I love. We are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And I love that. The kingdom of God cannot be shaken. And so this three-week foundational series we've been handling called Roots 
at the start of us gathering together again on a Sunday morning here at Orchard School was entirely intentional. My niece is currently staying with us while she's looking for somewhere to live with some friends while they're working in Bristol. And I felt that she captured something of the essence of this three-week series, and this is week three today, even though she doesn't know anything of what we're doing. It's just that we were sat down watching TV one evening, and this woman appeared uh, who had long hair, but hair that seemed to be two-toned in colour, And my niece just simply said out loud, she's really got to sort her roots out. And I just wonder if that's what we've been doing these three weeks, sorting out our roots, just reminding ourselves of what they are and how are we truly connected. And and yeah, I just felt that she kind of captured that. And is it coincidental, by the way, that as we work with the imagery of trees, for example, having roots, that we're found together here in a school that is called Orchard School because of the orchard that used to be in the area. In fact, the house names of this school are actually names of famous orchards, and each name bears the image of a tree with it. And another, by the way, this further image used to be from 1993, our Ebby Church logo. And if you want a bit of history and story behind this, well, you catch up with Adrian because he's got the knowledge and the memory and it's worth catching up. It's a little bit of history of Ebby Church. But as I return to Hebrews 12, which I referenced earlier, I note that alongside the thought of receiving the kingdom of God that cannot be shaken, we are encouraged to do three things. Firstly, and this is Hebrews 12 verse 28, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. And two weeks ago, Esther spoke about our being rooted in our relationship with God. Secondly, Hebrews encourages us, keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. And last week, Stu spoke about loving our neighbor and loving one another. And thirdly, Hebrews says this, in the context of a kingdom which cannot be shaken, do not forget to entertain strangers. Remember those in prison and those who are mistreated. And so today, in this context of being rooted and grounded, it's all about going out, serving and sharing with compassion and generosity. Let's go is the title of this talk. So I want to read the verses that we're really focusing on, and these are in the Gospel of John. I'm just going to read three verses to you. So first of all, John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38. They read like this. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. 
And then John 15 and verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. And my talk this morning is going to be framed around three just simple thoughts. First of all, come and go. Secondly, root and fruit. And thirdly, go and grow. And as I think of the the come and go, it's just that I find that when Jesus speaks, his words carry both invitation and instruction. In other words, an encouragement to come and a challenge to go. So the verses that we read from John was, come to me and drink, go and bear fruit. And I find this come and go invitation and and instruction was entirely reflected in the story of Jesus' resurrection. You may remember the angels saying, he's not here. He has risen, just as he said. Now come and see the place where they laid him. The point being, the body wasn't there anymore because Jesus was alive. And then later in, this is Matthew 28, the resurrection story. Jesus said, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. And I think if we look closely again at the verses I read from John, you'll see the come to me and drink Go and bear fruit. But even in that language for us as we're thinking about roots today, isn't this imagery too that we can link to a tree being rooted deeply in the ground? You know, the roots are drinking the water, absorbing the nutrients from the ground, and the branches bear fruit as a result. You see, for me, it has to be both come and go. Come and see and go and tell. Come and drink, go and bear fruit. They go together. They're meant to. It's the whole of life, what it's all about for us. And let's think about it. If we just come and sit and listen and drink and eat, and watch. If that's all we're going to do, what happens to us? In all honesty, we become unfit, and we become unhealthy. We kind of become consumer Christians, because we're just going to sit and listen, and watch, and eat, and drink, and it's half the story. It's the go that gives us the exercise, and we do need to put into practice what we've learned. We need to exercise what this is all about. We need to give away what we have received. And this links, of course, to the second thought around root and fruit, because when it comes to both, there is a crucial link, isn't there? There's got to be. The general principle applies, I think, that unless there are good roots, there cannot be good fruit. Now, a tree flourishes when its roots are in good shape. They nourish the tree, if you like, and the tree is able to bear fruit. 
That's the case for all trees, plants, bushes, whatever. The imagery is so similar. And you're probably thinking, well, that's obvious. I mean, nature would teach that to us. But actually, Jesus affirms it as well. Do you remember the parable story that he told? If you know this one, you, you may not, but Jesus spoke about seed and made it very clear that the seed which fell onto shallow soil did not bear fruit because the roots couldn't go deep. The weak plant ended up being scorched by the sun. And the conclusion is this. The plants withered because they had no roots. So the deeper our roots go in Jesus, the deeper our roots are in God himself, it seems the more able we are to bear the fruit that Jesus wants to see in us. But I want to say this, I don't think we have to wait until the roots have achieved the required depth, if you like. I don't think that we have to pause and wait and delay because it seems to me that the deepening of our roots in Jesus, the, str- the strengthening of our connection to him, the stronger our relationship with God, then our roots growing and developing is just an ongoing process anyway through the whole of our lives. The fruit can come at any time, even as the roots are developing. Now you're probably aware, and some would be far more aware of this than I would be, that in traditional building, you might appreciate that normally... You secure the foundations. You put the foundations in first. Make them strong. Make them deep. Make them good. And then on those foundations you can build the building. Whatever that might be. But consider for a moment the shard. The tallest building in the UK. In London. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Been in it. Been to the top of it. But apparently, they used an innovative top-down process of building. Effectively, they were making the foundations deeper and stronger at the same time as the building was getting taller. They didn't do the foundations first and then build on them. It was happening at the same time. And I kind of feel that that's really what this is all about. It's continuous. It's on all the time. That we're growing our roots, they're getting deeper, but we're bearing fruit now and we can do so. And I think that's a good thought to hold on to. Let's not wait for perfection. Let's not wait until we feel we've got enough Bible knowledge. Let's not wait until we feel the roots have gone deep enough. We can move out now, we can bear fruit now. Now is the time to go. But also, we don't have to do this alone. We don't have to go it alone at all because we can do this together. And that's been a big emphasis of these three weeks is the aspect of let's do this together. And even when it comes to Jesus sending people out, I don't think it was random 
when he sent his followers out in pairs, for example. So that on one occasion, the Lord appointed 72 and he sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. This is Luke's account of this story. And Jesus said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. Now, go. So that wasn't random, was it? Jesus sent them two by two. There's a togetherness, and I think we're meant to do this together. But actually, best of all, we get to do it with Jesus himself. And I think this is reflected in another part of the teaching of Jesus to us, where he said, I am the true vine. Remain in me, Jesus said, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So we get to do this together. We get to do it with Jesus. We don't have to wait until we're old enough, mature enough, our roots are deep enough, we can do this now. And I wanted today's talk to be a real encouragement because the last 18 months have been so tough and maybe there has been an element of pause and of waiting. And I kind of think an encouragement to go and to go now, we probably all need this. We don't have to go it alone. We can do it together and we can do it with Jesus himself. And I know that there are lots of different ways in which we can bear fruit that actually pleases God himself. But my focus today is just this. It's the fruit that comes when we go. It's the aspect of fruit bearing that happens when we reach out to people in need, to those who don't know Jesus at all. And I think this equally has to do with doing what Jesus did. I mean, it was inspiring, wasn't it, to hear the stories from the front, from Angela and from Fiona and from Rachel. The aspects of church activity that seek to reach out into the community to connect with people who are not Christians simply to communicate this wonderful thing that we have and that is salvation in Jesus the love of God to actually share that with other people and and we I mean to be honest these guys gave my talk before I feel as I'm repeating really what they kind of said And this is what Jesus did. I mean, he spent time with Father God. Of course he did. And uh, he spent time with his disciples, his close followers. Of course he did. And I think in different ways, Esther and Stu sort of covered those elements in their talks. But Jesus also went out. And it just seems to me everywhere he went, he just engaged with people he came across. So he met their needs, he loved them, he told them about the kingdom of God. He engaged with the outcasts, with those that society had rejected. He engaged with those of greatest need, the very poorest. And the challenge here is to be generous, to be kind, to reach out to those on the margins, to reach those who are hard to reach. And I believe we bear fruit when we do this really do and 
I found it interesting. I was sat down just thinking about the verses I was given for today. I was sat down preparing this talk. And literally, as I was doing that, an email dropped into my inbox from Compassion, the charity that deals with child sponsorship across the world. And uh, there was a feature with a video from Bolivia, which is the country where Ange and I sponsor a child uh, there. And um, this was what was said on the video. The Bible says that the Lord gives the seeds to those who plant. So I think that the sponsors give us the seed and the local, ch- the local church plants this seed and the Lord multiplies it. And then we have a harvest that is so plentiful. I hope to harvest the fruit because the leaders in the church are more empowered. The church has learned that it can impact and influence the community. See, that's lovely, isn't it? We, we bear fruit when we give. But whenever Jesus went and about, he met people, and it seems to me they were opportunities to share the love of God, to give, to help, to heal, to support, to rescue, to say some kind words, talk about the love of God. And so bear fruit. So on one occasion he meets a blind man and he gives this man his sight. On another occasion he meets a person caught in adultery and where the Jewish law would have said they deserve death. What did Jesus do? He forgives them. He met a lame person and enabled them to walk again. He saw people who were hungry and fed them. He came across a widow burying her son and he raised the son back to life. And I know it's tempting. It it is tempting to kind of look at the example that Jesus sets and to think, I'm going to discount myself because the bar is too high. The ask is too big. The example is too far beyond our reach. But for now, as we're looking at our roots, and we're handling these foundational matters, if you like, maybe there's a little bit of these three weeks that is back to basics. I just feel that we need to follow the example that Jesus set. That every single person we come across, whether it's in our neighborhood, in our workplace, where we go to the gym, where we play um, sport, um, even randomly along the street, every person we meet can be an opportunity to actually share something of what we have, to tell them about Jesus, and to look at people as valued in God's eyes important to him and so important to us as well and to do this and to be prepared to say why we care why we love why we're going to help someone because we love because Jesus loved us first and and I think all these actions produce the fruit that Jesus would love to see in us so we've come and seen haven't we it's now time for us to go and tell and we bear fruit when we go so this is the verse to really focus our thoughts on I think for the week ahead why not John 15 verse 16 Jesus says to us I chose you and I have appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit fruit that will last and so that whatever you ask in my name 
the Father will give you. And I just want us to be encouraged. Do what you can. Those that you come across, opportunities to care, to talk, to love, to give. And then see what the Spirit does. And see what fruit comes as a result. And so today's talk brings to an end this three-week series on roots. And I just want to acknowledge the whole series, first of all. First of all, the private space. This is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. This is intimacy. This is me and God. It's, it's that private space of relationship. But then there's the personal space. When we're with our friends and our family and when we're together in the church community or in the work community, we're with people we know, we're acquainted with them. And this is the personal space. And this was love one another. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then today, I feel as though we ventured into the public space to go, to go out there and to bear fruit. So as we come to a close on my talk, and I'll invite the band just to lead us in a, a worship song together. Let's just quietly, where we are now, sit through a couple of questions. I wonder, the private space of, of me reaching up to God, the personal space of me reaching out to you, to my friends, to my family, or the public space of me going out, and those, dare I call them, chance encounters, probably God encounters, Unplanned, unexpected, people I don't know, people I don't recognise, people I've never met before in my life. That public space. I wonder which space needs the most attention just now in my life. I wonder how you would answer that question. Is it the relationship with God, the relationship with one another, or the reaching out to the world? I wonder which one, if there is one that needs particular attention. I wonder which one it would be. Just have a think. Maybe they all need attention. Because that's the whole of life, actually. It's doing all of that, all the time. Not focusing on one to the detriment of the other. But I wonder where we feel <sighs> stronger in that area, a bit weaker in the other, for whatever reason. I wonder which one might need the most attention just now. And as we consider our response to the public space, the challenge to go and bear fruit, well, who are you planning to meet this week? I wonder what your diary looks like. What's your schedule look like for the week ahead? Who have you got a diary date with? Who do you know you're going to meet them? It's planned. And I wonder what opportunity that is. What fruit could come from that? Or who might you just come across? Unplanned. But you know there are some people you just come across quite naturally, quite often. It's not in the diary. It's not 
planned, it's not scheduled, but you know there are people I'm likely to come across. I don't know for sure. And then there's the complete out-of-the-blue encounters. They might interrupt your schedule, actually. Might frustrate you a bit, you know. Have I really got time for this person right now? I'm busy. (sighs) Pause. Think. Or is this a God encounter? I wonder. Just wonder. So just think of those areas of the overflow of our lives in the natural way. So the encouragement today is to go. And we all go in different places, meet with different people. And I want today to be an encouragement. Let's not go it alone. Let's do it together. Let's support, encourage, resource and inspire one another. But let's go it with Jesus by our side, doing it with us as well. On at the front, otherwise, uh, yeah, have a great week and um, see you soon.